Hello and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jim R. Today is episode 22 and we're going to be interviewing Mark S. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing very good. How are you? I'm doing well. So let's get into it. Tell us a bit about yourself. Okay, well, a little bit about my background. Um, one of my earliest memories as a child, uh, I was sitting there with my mom, and uh, she was, you know, a user herself, and she continues to be to this day, but her, you know, chopping up lines in the bathroom while my dad was at work, and, you know, kind of went from there, and my dad kind of got, you know, a little wind of that when we're sitting at the table, and I'm taking my my peas or my mashed potatoes and i'm doing the same thing on my dinner plate and he kind of questioned my mom you know hey well what's going on with that oh, oh, he's oh just wow a kid. He, you know he don't know anything wow you know and uh from there it's my mom she kind of continued her addiction for a little while you know, and kind of switch substances and stuff like that, which she still does today, even though it's, you know, subscribed, it's a prescription, but overusing your prescription is no good. What was she, what was she doing at that time? Was it Coke? No, no, uh, speed. Okay. You know, at that time it was bathtub crank or whatever they wanted to call it. Um, and then she switched over and now, you know, it's a Xanax thing. So and then, moved- yeah, I, for, for the most part, I had a pretty good childhood. You know, my dad really wasn't around. You know, he worked a lot of hours because my mom, she really didn't work. She went from job to job. And uh, he had to work 80-plus hours a week. You know, she had two kids from a previous marriage, from two previous marriages, I should say. Sorry about that. Um, so there was four or five of us, you know, three kids, her, and then my dad's. What was so she like just, when she was high? So what was your mom like? Was she a, a good mom? Was she a bad mom? She, she wasn't a bad mom. She uh, very, you know, very protective. I, I would say almost overly protective. She she likes to condone. You know, she's a, a condoning person because, you know, both my other brothers, we, we all struggle with uh, the same substance. And it's, you know, it's just been ongoing over the years. And it's... I would say she, you know, all in all, she was a pretty good parent other than, you know, the the using and stuff like that. So she never neglected you guys for the drugs? No. No, the, you know, she she did the uh, the speed there for a couple years, stopped that, and then she got prescribed uh, the Xanax and just, you know, took it from there. It's, you know, it's been 30-something years. Does she ever abuse the Xanax? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she she runs out of her script really quick, and then you know she'll have like some of the family friends will come over because they 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 sell and stuff like that. So yeah, you want some? Yeah, yeah, sure, I'll buy you some. I'll buy some from you. You know, and that's been done right in front of me. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, you know, my dad, he you know he kind of he dabbled with things. You know, he's a, he's a Marine and he kind of dabbled things, but it really was never his, you know, his gig, his forte. You know, he's never, his thing is it's mind over matter and I, nothing controls me or whatever. So he doesn't have any kind of addiction personalities. But when you say gamble, do you mean like he actually gambles? No, no, not gambled, dabbled. Oh, dabble. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. 
Gotcha. And he's more mind over matter type guy. Was he strict with you? Yeah. Do what? Was he strict with you? Um, he he was kind of a hard ass, you know. He, at times he would be. There was times, okay, yeah, you know, go do whatever, uh, you know. I don't I don't care, you know. Whereas my my mom, she was kind of the exact opposite. But now when it came time for us to be in trouble, that was kind of, you know, he kind of really laid it on. Didn't hit us. I think I was spanked one time. But well, other good. than that, it was kind of a, a mental game with him. That's good. So let me ask you this. When was the first time you actually ever used? Um, first time I, you know, I smoked pot. I was 14, 15. Okay. But uh, when I first started doing my drug of choice, which was uh, speed, I was 16 years old. That's rather young for speed. You know, cause it's the area that I grew up and it was, man, it was everywhere. It was so bad that uh, when we moved there, my dad thought there was something wrong with the water because everybody's teeth were just rotting out of their head. Oh, wow. Yeah, get, back then you could walk down the street and you could score. It just every every two or three people you were able to score. And that, that was in a small town USA, you know. Well, I found from a lot of the interviews I've done with people from all over, or I should say different walks of life, is it hits everyone the same, you know? Yes. Is it really does, um, especially small communities, because you got to also realize it'll spread faster there. It'll reach the community faster when you have a smaller one. Exactly, and especially, you know, because everybody knows everybody. It's like cheers. Yeah, everybody knows your name. Yes. Gotcha. So what were you like during school? What was school like for you? School, um, early on, it, it was easy. You know, when I when I first would start going, I'd get A's and B's, and then I'd get bored. Because I, I, I have ADD, and I, I just get bored really easy. So I would, you know, with two older brothers, I'd follow in their footsteps. Okay, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to start skipping. So by the time I reached the fifth or sixth grade, you know, I was already skipping months at a time. Wow. Yes, yeah, so, and then I got my first job at 16. And then I barely went. I was more, you know, I made my first check. That was 125 bucks, and I thought I was, you know, king shit. Yeah. So let me ask you, did you have to get a work permit? Because I know for me in New Jersey, when you were younger, if you were under the age of 18, your parents had to sign something saying that you were allowed to go to work. Um, I didn't really have to sign anything because um, I'm, I'm down here in Florida, and... Uh, down here, it's as long they have the, well, I guess a, the Child Act or whatever. We're allowed to work, but only so many hours. Yeah, same okay. thing up here. But we, yeah. yeah, and I we knew everybody at the bowling alley, and the, uh, some people came over and asked my dad. You know, we were they were real close knit at this bowling alley, and yeah, that's fine. I don't, you know, I'm good with that. Was his answer. So I work nights, you know, part time. And then on the weekends, I was allowed to do eight-hour shifts. But as long as I kept it under, I think, 30 hours. Gotcha. So going back just a little bit, who was the first person you ever used with? The first person I ever used with, it was my cousin, Donnie. 
me and her used. Um, it was, you know, just got a little bit. Her sister gave it to us, and there you go. Was it speed? Yes, yes. That's that's primarily been my my thing off and on over the years. Oh, I was never really into the the downers or anything like that, you know. Now, when I was coming down, I would. I'd, I'd take a Percocet, you know, Perc 30, and that would, you know, give me the come down. You know, it would help with the come down, I, I should say. So was but that... Primar- yeah, primarily it's just been the speed. So when you say to come down, so was it every time you were coming down, like, so it was a routine, like, smoke... Or do you snort your speed and then? Yeah, yeah. If it was if it was accessible, I you know I, I'd get my stuff and then okay, I find somebody. Let me get a you know a couple Percocets. It'll it made for you know uh, an easier come down in a sense. I shouldn't put it like that, but I don't know how else to put it. You know, it wasn't so rough. Yeah, no, I completely hear you. I know for me, it was the same thing that I would be doing Adderall all night. And then eventually yeah. I would start mixing my Adderall with my Klonopin and I would, sn- I would snort that. I didn't realize how dangerous it was at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's basically a speedball, you know, it's, it's along those same lines, you know, you got a heavy upper with a heavy downer. Yeah. And then eventually I would start drinking some booze to really knock me out. Cause I, it was, I was still up and jittery, you know? See, I kind of stopped drinking whenever I got on stuff, you know, cause it, the jitters, I, I didn't like them, but I ended up working to where I didn't really have them. So, and then the, the booze, I didn't want to drink. I didn't really, really drink anything there for a little while. Yeah, I don't know if jitters is the right, uh, right word. I don't know if I was like, I wasn't shaking or anything. It was just, right, eventually, right, I, like, sometimes I would have to say, shit, it's been three days. You need to go to sleep. Like, you need to do something to force yourself to go to sleep, you know? Yes, and the yes, only, it's only been thing like I, that, you know. And I was an alcoholic. It, it gets a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the, the shit we do to ourselves, man. The shit Correct. we do to ourselves. So what about when you were young? Did you have any relationships, any uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever the case is? Yeah, you know, I, I dated young. I was, my first girlfriend and first kiss, I was, you know, five years old, six years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I you, was dating a couple little girls around the neighborhood. Like, not to get gross or anything, but you guys were, like, using tongue at that age? Um, yeah. Or, or yeah, you just kissing on the lips? Like, was exactly that. Say that one more time? One of my first, uh, very first kisses I've ever, I had with a girl was something along the lines of yeah, of that, yes. Yeah, where you're you doing the whole tongue, you know, French kissing and stuff. And uh, I've noticed over the years that it... it becomes more and more progressive to do it at a at a younger age. I don't know about that young, but I know that these kids nowadays, it's okay. It's, these kids are really fast, you know. It's because I hear stories from other parents. And it's, yeah, wow. You know, because I have a cousin, she's 13, and she already had her first baby. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so it's, yeah, they're getting faster and... <clears throat> More mature in a sense, but not really mature. They like to act mature. Yeah, they. I mean, a lot of kids just kind of copy what they see on TV and stuff. Right, right. You know, when I found out that my cousin had a, a kid at the age of 13, uh, my stepdaughter, she's 13, and 
you know, I said, hey, I I don't want to be a grandfather at the age of 34. <laughs> so I want to try to, you know, whatever we can do. I'm not, I, there's only so much I can do as a parent. I can't be around y'all, you know, to prevent it 24-7. So I can only I can only do what I can do. So what can I do for you? Is basically how I would tell my stepdaughter. You know, I try to tell her, you know, these are the consequences, this, that, and the third. But you know, you hope for the best. And that's as far, you know, going past that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what these kids are into these days. You know, there's my son, you know, him and his little group of friends, it's okay, they're they're using lingo and uh, language and stuff like that in the sense that it didn't mean the same thing when I was growing up. Like he would tell me, he'd tell me things and I don't remember exactly what things, but I would tell him, okay, that's not, that doesn't mean what it meant when I was growing up. You might want to watch how you say certain things. Oh, all the kids are saying it now. Okay. I, I don't know what's going on then. I'm kind of out of the loop. Yeah, this might be a little off topic, but a perfect example for me is I was just saying the same thing. And with LGBTQ, and there's now an A and a plus, if I'm not mistaken, but the Q part, I was like, when I was growing up, you couldn't say the word queer. That was offensive. Yes, very. Yeah, so like, even if you used it, not trying not to be offensive, but it's like saying the N-word for a black person. It's just offensive, or it was. And now all right. of a sudden, it's part of their program. It's just like... Man, joke around, I say this just shows my age. But I yeah. that's just to say I totally understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah, you know, and I, you know, look at it now, it's like, I, I am only 34, but it's okay. Um, I don't even know where to go from here. I'm kind of, kind of glad I have kids kind of stay in the loop a little bit, but I'm still lost. You yeah. know, it's, I understand where my dad was coming from with a lot of things. <laughs> So, um, when did you first realize you had a problem with drugs and alcohol? Um, or mainly drugs? When I was, when I was 18, um, I uh, met this girl and she had access to whatever, you know, and at that moment, cause I knew at some point I was going to have kids and I shouldn't have put it like this, but I told myself, okay, I'm going to become a drug addict because I didn't know. You know, I was 18. I thought I knew everything. But I wanted to use and do every possible thing I could to the fullest. This way, at some point, when I do have kids, if they go through something in life that I have gone through, that I could, okay, I know where you've been. You know, I I can help you through that. I'm not just going to be one of those people that is ignorant to what you're what you have going on and cannot relate. Wait, so you were using to specifically try to have knowledge to help your kids in the future? Yes. That's what you were telling me. Now, I didn't know that it would take me down the road I am to where, okay, this is something I'm struggling very hard to to kick. I didn't know it was going to be like that. I thought, you know what? When I'm ready to stop, I'll stop and I'll be good. I'll just have, you know, life experience well being 18 i don't know shit and that shows today yeah we do we're not i mean i don't think we're 
complete functioning adults at 18. I, they put too much of a focus on that age. I think really for most kids, from what I've realized, including myself, like 25 is when you really mature. You know? Yes. And, for me, I was 25 to 30 because I was married at the age of 24. So 25 to 30 is, I think, a good starting point to be, for kids to become an adult. Earlier than that, I I don't know. Just from my own experience, <laughs> I wasn't ready for anything. Yeah, and a lot of people I speak to, and I'm we, you know, this topic comes up, they agree with me also, but I could be wrong. You know, it goes there's there's the always the other side of things. Correct. So, what did you do when you first realized that you had a problem? Was that like how? Did somebody tell you you had a problem? Did you realize you had a problem? What's it? You know, how did it work? Um, I realized I had a problem. That's when, you know, the the partying stopped becoming fun, and every once in a while, to all the time, and it's constantly on my mind. Nothing else mattered. You know, it's the waking up. All right. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get high. How are we going to do that? You know, and to, to losing the jobs and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, I, I realized it in myself. Now I had some, you know, issues with like drinking in the past, but it's, I was able to quit all the other stuff, you know, cause I've done a lot of stuff, but it, it's, the, the methamphetamine is the one that's really got me struggling. Yeah, so let me ask you this. When you used, were you ever using with someone specifically? Um, no. Nope, I would, you know, whoever's around, hey, you want to get high? All right, cool, let's, let's get high. I don't like to get high alone. And that you know, turn into, uh, I don't mind getting high alone. Okay. I think it happens to a lot of us. I know it was the same thing with me and drinking. My thing was drinking towards the end. You know, it's, and I never thought that I would, you know, get to that point. I always said I could never be somebody who could just sit there and get high alone. And there at the end, it didn't matter. More for me. So tell me what goes on, I mean, because we kind of left off at around high school. So tell me a little bit about what go, what goes on in your adult life once you leave high school and you're kind of on your own as far as employment. <clears throat> so, um, did well, you have I, jobs during I this time? I kind of did state hopping. Say, you know, couch to couch, stuff like that. So you weren't, you didn't have a steady home? <clears throat> uh, no, no, you know, my, of course, my parents, whatever, they had their own places and stuff. But, you know, I've been from Florida to Pennsylvania you know, I was born in Minnesota. You know, I have family out in Missouri, so I hit all them states. And then up into Wisconsin, I've lived, you know, kind of back and forth through those. And there was that one point in time I went from Florida with just the clothes on my back. You know, I had shirt and pair of shorts and some audio skate shoes. And I went with a buddy of mine up to uh, Pennsylvania, and it was wintertime. No money, nothing. Let's go. So you had, you know, it seems like you were kind of without it. How long were you without a steady home? 
how long was I without a steady home? Um, within this last couple of years was the first time I had a steady home. So it took me from 18 to 32. Wow, so you were bouncing around couches for 14 years? Yeah, yes, yes. Actually, um, last year is when I actually purchased my first bed. Other than that, I've never owned a bed. It was always somebody else's or somebody's couch. Wow, that is a long time. What was that like? I mean, how did you feel? I mean, because that's one of the things I've always had a fear of is being homeless and... I can't imagine what it would feel like to be homeless. Like, so tell me a little bit about that. It's, uh, makes you look over your shoulder, you know, in a sense. Okay. It's always, what the fuck am I going to do now? Okay. If this happens here, what's my next step? And trying to maintain friends per se, but they're really not friends, just associates. Just so, okay. If something happens, if I get to know this person really well, I might have somewhere to crack. And it's it's not fun. You know, it's it's stressful. It's very stressful. Were you ever stuck out of the streets? Did you ever want, you know, go home or I'm sorry, have no home to go back to? Um, there was a couple times I actually had to, uh, go into a shelter. I was lucky not to actually live on the street itself. I was close, but I had to actually move into a shelter. Me, uh, my ex-wife and my two kids, we were literally hours before sleeping out in the woods. I was actually going to have to tell my kids that, uh, Hey, we're going to be going camping for a while. And we were on a wait list at a shelter down here, and they called us. Hey, we got the openings if you guys want to come on over. <clears throat> we were literally sitting in a parking lot, getting ready to make all this, you know, go into action, getting ready to go buy our tents and stuff. Wow, so it just happened right in the nick of time. So Right in the yes. It sounds like you were struggling, obviously. Were you struggling because of drug and alcohol abuse? Or for you, it was drug abuse. Sorry, I keep saying alcohol. But for you, did it was that the reason? Were you spending all your guys' money on that? Uh, no, no. Um, I mean, essentially, mm-hmm. yes, but it's just the self-gratification. The, or I shouldn't say self-gratification. The instant gratification. <clears throat> the, addict- the addiction to spending money, you know. To, it's that it's the endorphins whenever I'm got a little bit of money and I you know what I want to go get something it's that kind of high that almost compares to actually getting high just feeling the need to just want to spend the money spend 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 so you were a compulsive spender because that's an addiction I've actually had someone with that addiction attend one of our zoom meetings yes uh, very much so so you were spending the family's money on that? Uh, what kind of stuff? Uh, just whatever, shoes, clothes. It, it didn't matter. It did not matter. Just the the need. Okay, if I see it, man, I gotta have that. So if I got if I had the money, it didn't matter. 
Oh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to buy that. And your wife never said anything to you? She she was right there with me doing it the whole time. So she was so, spending right alongside yeah. you? Yeah, it was the both of us spending. How long did this go on for you? I mean, this is part of the 14-year journey? Yeah. I kind of still struggle with the compulsive spending, but I'm getting to the point now to where it's, okay, I can like give myself a little bit, then, all right, I don't need that. It's it's a work in progress. Does friends or family ever say anything to you? Like, dude, you got to slow down? Um, some would, you know, like, especially when they, if they, you know, got really bad, hey, what are you doing? You know, and, and then I explain, well, I get that, it's okay, and, you know, well, you know, we'll see what we can do, and like, it's, it's not okay. With me, I need somebody to be, you know, stern with me. And sometimes it's it's almost a catch-22, because if somebody's stern with me, I'll kind of rebel a little bit, like, fuck what you say. Yeah. So it just depends on my mindset. But it's something that I got to work with in myself. Okay, this is what's got to be done. You know, let's. If I'm given time to actually think about it, then I won't do it. But it's that from the compulsion. Okay, let right now. Yeah. So, you're compulsively spending. You're using speed. Did your spouse do you speed with you? Yeah, yeah. We're kind of at that point with my ex. It was you know we're everything heads. Oh, you got something we can get high on? Cool. Let's get high. You know, and then it's, since I'm an upper kind of guy, it kind of, you know, let's get this. This is what I prefer. I like being up. I like those endorphins being released. Because I spent a lot of years being, you know, drunk and and things of that nature. And I, I didn't like that that kind of high anymore once I really started getting high on uppers. That was my problem is I loved them both. So I did both. So moving forward, what is life like for you now? Because you said you finally got your first place. What happened? I should actually go back a little bit and say, how did you get clean? Did you cold turkey it on your own? Um, What's going on with that? Did you go to a rehab facility? No, I cold. I you know it's it's been a struggle. Like I said, I've got seven days or so in now. It's um, losing my son. So he was taken from you. Yes, and now they're running a new thing. You don't have to deal with DCF directly. Like initially, they're kind of involved, but they have this new program down here in Florida that it's uh, the Children and Families Network. They kind of take over if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know, like pissing clean, getting into, you know, your mental health and stuff like that. So we're kind of in that right now, in that phase. Okay. So what what is your plans? What are you looking to do? I mean, what do you think is going forward going to be the best path for you? I know you said uh I mean, seven days, by the way, congratulations on one week. That's a long time. I mean, from some, from yes. someone who's been there, from someone who's personally been there, that, that could feel like forever, and I know that feeling. 
yeah, it's a, it's a it's a struggle, you know. It is, and I because I've I've had uh, spurts of sobriety before, you know. I had uh, about a year. My first time, I had a year. I was a sponsor, you know. I used to go to speaker meetings and stuff like that. And right after that is when it really it kind of really took off, and I really got bad. Was there something that set that off? Um. Yeah, you know, it's because I was always a yes man. Yeah, no problem. You know, you know, being a rug basically to whoever, letting them, you know, take advantage of this, take advantage of that. You know, being felt like a, a lap dog to society or you know people in my surrounding area. You know, like friends and family and stuff like that, and I just got tired of being that person. the one that people steamrolled essentially gotcha so like I said before what do you see yourself doing you know I don't know if you've ever been in a job interview where someone says do where you see yourself in five years what are your what are your plans are you one of those people who one first of all keep track of like okay 30 days 60 days because I definitely suggest that because it feels no, good. No, see, I, I used to do that when my first go-round. Okay, let me get them chips. You know, I got this. And I see where it got me. I don't want chips. Um, I don't keep track. None of that. I just feel like that I set myself up to fail. You know, when I go to grab something like that, and I needed people to, you know, they had a boy all the time. That's something I don't need. It's more for me. That way, you know, I know. I don't care if anybody knows how much clean time I got. I know. And I, you know, I don't know how much time, you know, I will have. But that don't, that don't matter. What matters is I just keep staying. You know, not that stick and stay stuff or any of that. It's, I just live right now, you know, in, in this moment. Not for today, but right now that's great that is absolutely great so I think that's a good place to end it and my last question for you is I know it's only been seven days but for anyone that might be their first hour or their first day it could mean a lot if you have anything to say any type of advice or any type of just anything you want to say Idle hands do the devil's work. Try to keep the mind going on something positive. Stay out of the rear view. That's why there's a windshield that's bigger. You know, tomorrow's a brand new day, but don't think about that. Think about the way you feel at this moment. If everything's going good, think about this and take that forward. If things are going bad at this moment, think about that too and how you feel because that will define your trajectory into the future. I don't want to feel like that. And I remember how I felt at that moment. Or, yeah, I do want to feel like that. I want to keep that feeling going. That's how I have to live my life. That's great, and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. 
No problem. I appreciate you. Thank you. No, absolutely. So, folks, if you like what you hear, give us a rating on iTunes. Definitely check out our Facebook group. And if you go under the events tab, you'll see that there are Zoom meetings. I think pretty much we do have them daily, sometimes twice a day. And that's all I got for today. So until next time.